0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Celebrating their 20th year in radio broadcasting, with news not heard in the news, the International Taz and Paula Show interviews experts from all walks of life, bridging research and personal life journeys. Revealing new ways to unleash life with a passion of a heartbeat. And now, here's Taz and Paula.
0: Well, today we are beaming out rays of sunshine to all of our listeners. And thank you so much for being with us wherever you are. Our guest, Dr. Ibrahim. Jaffe, MD, is a powerful and dynamic standalone Sufi physician with a traditional medical education, blending new methods that unfold to allow individuals for natural release toward health. Paula, this has been a deep prayer of mine for many years, whereby a doctor blends traditional medicine along with other forms of healing. This is truly uplifting. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz. And I'm Paula. Well,
1: uh, Dr. Jaffe is doing exactly what you're wishing for. The past 25 years, he has pioneered advanced energetic and spiritual healing in the United States. He is a co-founder of the University of Spiritual Healing and Sufism, located in Napa Valley, California. Using a combination of Western medicine and Sufi spiritual healing uh, techniques, he has Bring the light and healing to thousands of individuals who have suffered and with very various physical and emotional ailments. So we are so lucky to have that you with us, Dr. Jaffe.
2: Oh, thank you, and I'm Welcome. delighted to be with you both. Absolutely. Wow.
1: Now, um, what was the turning point that changed your life in the direction of from being a traditional MD to a Sufi master and healer? Uh.
2: Good question. Uh, well, I when I was thirty-four, I think it was thirty-five, I, I had a uh, bout of congestive heart failure, mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of odd. Nobody knew why. <clears throat> Assumed it was viral or some such thing, but but my heart started to die, and it you know I got to the point where I could literally walk about three steps. And, you know, just I just was exhausted, fatigued and my chest always hurt and, and that type of thing. And um I, I realized that I was dying and that that uh, all the healing work I had done to date was not healing that place. And of course traditional medicine had no 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 idea what to do for me. So, um, you know, in moments like that you, you pray, what else are you gonna do? You go into prayer because you've got nothing left but to turn to God. So I went into prayer and I prayed. I said, "What? What can I? Where do I find help for this? Because I I need help and I know it, and I don't know who." And uh, that was when, about a day later, somebody called me up and told me about a Sufi master that was coming over from Jerusalem, and that he had healed uh, all sorts of amazing diseases, and that I should go see him. And that was how it started: going out and meeting this man.
0: Wow.
1: So, uh, you studied with him?
2: Yeah, I've been studying with him about 20 years now and um I've watched, you know, I've watched him personally heal, you know, all sorts of diseases from cancer to just about everything I can imagine and I've taken that system and kind of integrated it into traditional medicine with the energetic work that I had done previously and that's the system I'm using now which is essentially how do we How do we get to the root causes of disease? How do we find it? And, you know, because all disease has a cause. And then secondly, how do we access the divine to be able to get the help from that level so that the causes can be cleaned and understood and transformed?
1: Wow, you have a lot of tools in your back pocket (laughs) Uh combining Uh all this. I mean, how does that...
2: Does this sound odd to you to be hearing this stuff, or how does it how does it sound when you hear no, about no, it? No, no,
1: no, no. I mean, um, our show is typically we introduce people like you to our listening audience, so uh, we're very open to this, and so is our audience, actually.
0: That's great. That's so, Doctor Jaffe, you know, how does one really tap into the deepest part of their soul? I, I, you know, every day with our crazy schedule back and forth, of course. You know, (laughs) we're taking out time. Sometimes people don't have that. So is there any kind of trigger points that people can maybe go, oh, yeah, I never thought of that? Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I think, um, well, you know, in Sufi tradition, um, we have four levels of our being that operate kind of simultaneously. So we have the outer level, which is, you know, people today call the ego and the self. And then we have the inner level, the deep level, which we call in our system the heart. Um, and then you have the soul level, and then you have what we call the secret level. So there's four levels of the being, and they, and they correspond with the, the ego, the heart, the soul, and the spirit. So, you know, when a disease comes to people, usually the disease is operating out of the soul level, but because our perception of it is so limited, we don't really understand it. What we do understand certainly is that we have pain or or suffering, um, but we don't understand the deeper levels. Um, Let me give you an example. I was just working with somebody right before the call here where she has a very odd thing. Her tongue is swollen up, twice the size of normal, turned purple, and she's frightened that she's going to die from some kind of, she doesn't know what, that caused the, soul, the the tongue to be like that. So she went to all sorts of allopathic doctors. They said it's probably fungal. She was treated with every fungal regimen that we have in allopath. Nothing worked. She went to Chinese medicine. They said, well, we don't know. Maybe it's autoimmune. So they're trying all sorts of Chinese herbs. Nothing's worked. It's two years now. And she hasn't been able to get to the root of what's going on with this swollen tongue. So at first, you know, we started started to try to get her in there to understand the inner dimension of it. And she was like, I will not go here. I do not want to know what this is about. I don't want to see it. You know, and there was just like, just really rageful. I don't want to go in there. Wow. And and, and then as we started breaking through that, she got to the heart level. And the heart level, she said, finally she got in a little bit. And she said, all right, all I see inside of me, in my tongue, and there's a way to do this, which I can't go into sh- in the t- radio because it takes a while, but, but we got her inside of the light of the tongue. And she said, all I see is death and fear and fear and death, and it's black. That's all that's inside of me. And that's my life. I live in fear and death and blackness everywhere I go. So we started working that by the way was the the heart level she was understanding what she felt which was that she was always afraid and she was living with death and of course she lives in a she was a a palliative care worker so she's working with people who are dying a lot so it's natural she'd be in that you know sort of around that type of feeling so then we got deeper and this is where we started hitting the soul levels and as we dropped deeper inside the soul began to say I don't want to be here. Everybody hates me. Nobody likes me. I can't understand it my whole life. Everybody I talk to, everybody hates me. Everybody turns against me. Nobody wants me. And she was sobbing, you know, really, really deeply with this, this incredible pain of isolation and loneliness and lack of connection and not being able to bring through her, like her purpose in life, what she's there for. And, you know, when she finally opened that up and she started really getting to the deep the deep reasons, why do they hate me, that's when the tongue started the pain and the tongue disappeared for the first
0: time. Ooh, ooh. Did it stay away?
2: <laughs> well, we just got off the phone right before the call, so I don't know. But uh, I think, you know, if she can get out you know the issue for her when we got to. I said, "What was the issue?" And the issue was this: she sees the deep truth in people, and and she she is she speaks it. She's just you know, from from her eyes to her tongue, she sees it, she says it. It goes out, and it's painful. I mean, you know, the truth can really hurt sometimes. And, wow. Uh, you know, she speaks. She doesn't have any any. Uh, what do you call it? Filters on her speaking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that could anger a lot of people.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, even I was talking. I, I really liked her, but I could, I could feel like if I, if I crossed the line, boy, she could just that tongue would rip me apart. And uh, you know, I, I mentioned it to her, and she says, "I know, I know, I know. It's, it's my whole life been like this." So, you know, she was really honest. I really enjoyed working with her, but, but she, she has to learn now. You know how to. Uh speak in a way that doesn't offend people
1: now, I heard from one theory that diseases come from between the ages of what's happened to you between the ages of one and seven. Have you heard that theory or
2: yep, that's absolutely right because the 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 chakra system which is the energetic system, you know, each year you essentially you walk through one chakra. So, first year you walk through the base. What's the base? You know, it's where you you defecate. And so your first year of life in essence is about defecation and all kind of issues about holding on, materialism coming into the body, grounding yourself onto the earth. All related to that first first chakra second second year, you work through the second chakra, which has to do with um you know your connection to others, your tribe, who you are, do you feel safe, do you feel wanted you start you start looking into power. third year is all about working through your power issues and and so forth so every seven years, and this goes by the way to the time you die, you essentially rotate through those seven chakras again and again, either strengthening them or getting caught in them or you know, whatever has gone, you might be 49, but, you know, here's 7 times 7, so you're actually working through, at 49, it's a crown chakra issue. You're working through your wisdom. And so 49 is considered to be a year of wisdom.
0: Oh, wow, that's oh, good not. to know. So oh. you're actually, axi- Paula, what did you say? The disease comes between 1 and 3, is that what you said?
1: 1 and 7.
0: Oh, one and 7, okay.
1: Yeah, Dr. Todd uh, is involved with that. So that's where I heard it from. So, And uh, Dr. Jaffe just uh, (laughs) actually said that was true.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I agree with him. I I tend to be actually a one- to three-year-old myself in the sense of I I think think at three, most people shut down their connection to sort of their higher self, divinity, their heart. It kind of goes around three. So usually most of the serious diseases are in by three. And, and the shutdown at three, and then the and but seven is really the the energetic spiritual. That's why seven is considered a spiritual number. It's sort of that seven cycle which we see in people.
0: So does well, I'm going to skip myself. Does, oh, does that mean that the that the diseases really manifest prior? I mean, okay, they manifest, but maybe not outwardly necessarily. Is that correct?
2: yeah exactly there the seat of it come in at that age. I'm trying to remember I had somebody just yesterday who um what happened she's now you know in her seventies i think but some there was some trauma I can't remember what it was. maybe it was a divorce I think it was that happened at three, and the divorce broke her heart and and she could never resolve it. Oh, wait a minute. Now it comes. No, I take that back. It wasn't. That was a different one. This is a lady who had been uh, put in the concentration camps uh, in Austria. And um, she, at three years old, she went in her first camp, and then they moved her over to uh, Africa. And she went into some kind of camp in Africa when she was five. But the one when she was five was the scary one. They they really thought they were going to be killed every day. So the fear of living in that situation was so powerful that she could not resolve the sense of of loss and fear and all that stuff. So now here she is 80 years old, and now she has uh, an unusual type of cancer, and the cancer was all related that her whole life she's actually been living in chronic fear that the Germans were going to go and kill her.
1: (sighs) Well, uh, I have a friend. And I'm I'm sure that she's uh, was affected by this, but that when she was between the t- ages of two and five, she was taken away from her mother because her mother had to go into a medical institution, and she yeah. was just put from one one family member to another, you know, like an aunt and uncle, and you know she went from one household to another, and Exactly, am yeah. sure that I'm yeah, getting chills a, all over the place.
2: Yes. That's the stuff that, that's the wounding. That's exact stuff will cause wounding. Now, it doesn't usually show up, you know, again, that type of disease like that won't show up for 40 or 50 years. There's a sort of a grace period in there. But later it does show up. And, and But the reason we know it's from there, because if they can wash those experiences out of themselves or heal them or complete them, you know, walk, in this case, walk through the fear of the Germans and, and the concentration camps, In her case, losing her family, being shuttled from home to home. If she can work through that, usually the illnesses disappear. So,
0: when you say walk through them, does that mean therapy is always necessary, or, or what, or does someone just need to be able to look at de- in depth to? to these circumstances spend enough time alone that you can really feel it.
2: Well, I think either any, any or all of it will work um, you know if you can be alone and get through the you know the blocks to finding it which a lot of times is just sitting in silence that will work um, unfortunately many people can't do that and then they need help or guidance to be able to get through those blockages that's where somebody like myself comes in where our job is to act as a catalyst. To, in other words, if you think about an enzyme, you know, for example, you have hemoglobin molecule. And if if you connect oxygen to hemoglobin and you release it, there are enzymes that make that happen in a millisecond. It's very, very quick release. But if you did not have those enzymes, the oxygen hemoglobin release would take a very long time. I, I can't remember the number, but it could even be several years. So um when you have a healer or somebody who knows they act as the enzyme to catalyze the letting go of the traumatic issues that have caused the problem in you first they help you find it like how do you know what is causing your cancer what's the what's the root cause and then how do you let it go how do you let go of the fear of the, the Nazis hurting you how do you let go of your mom you know becoming a schizophrenic or something how do you how do you release those things
1: So do different diseases go so with uh, different ages, like heart disease, maybe it's in the... Paula, I'm hearing a three.
0: lot of echoing, Paula. I'm hearing a lot of echoing in In your phone.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll ask my question.
0: Sure. Um,
1: does a lot, of que- a lot of heart disease come from what happened to someone at uh, three years old?
2: Yeah, it can. I mean, heart disease is very common. You know, what is heart is about love. You have four chambers of the heart, and you have vessels and things like that. Each each exact each chamber, each vessel, has to do with specific formations of the uh, of the self and the heart and the egoic patterns of people. So, if a person, for example, has uh, let's say they go through a divorce at an early age then depending on, for example, if it came more from the father, it might affect more of the left side of the heart. If it comes more from the mother, it will affect more of the right side of the heart. Um, If it is more of sort of trying to understand who they are, it forms the it'll go into the atrial or the upper part of the heart. If it has more to do with bringing forth the love, expressing the love, and the power of the love, it goes into the ventricle systems. So the body is a perfect metaphor for the consciousness. The consciousness is expressed through all aspects of the body depending on what the body represents.
0: That's
1: powerful. With your own heart disease, the Sufi healer, Helped heal this through yes. this type of work.
2: Yes. Wow. Yeah, he had me healed. I mean, I think in about you know six months, you know, I think we were on the way. But he diagnosed for me. He said, you know, the issue for you is that you're out of your compassion. You're taking on all of the pain of the people. And because you don't have any real spiritual help, you know, the divine isn't helping you, the angels aren't really helping you, you are carrying it all in your own heart, and your heart is failing because it's too much. It's too much It's too much stress for you, too much power. So he had me cut back all the work I was doing. I, I went on an extended vacation. And I began to work with the Sufi practices, which was really turning it over to the angels, turning it over to God, not having to carry it myself and do it. And and literally day by day, the heart began to heal. Within six months, it was gone.
1: Well, I would imagine many healers out there do the same thing. They take it on, and they think that they're connected. But I've seen some that they take it on themselves. And that people always yeah. say you don't need protection
2: it's very dangerous to do that That's you know in healing you know many magnetic healers a magnetic healer is one who absorbs energy. that's what I was doing um and a radiatory healer is one who transmits light but doesn't take it through their system. Most healers today are actually magnetic, so we see a lot of you know a lot of the healers today are getting really sick and they will burn out, like I did, after a few years because they're taking on too much energy.
1: That's a good message to get out there.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I think, I mean, the real real message, I think, is that if people can really find the depth of what goes on inside themselves, um, hidden, not the outside, because the outside we have our lives, but hidden, like what's really hurting us, what's really the deep wounds in ourselves, you know, where we're not happy, where we're struggling, and they can transform it using uh, divine light, the 99 names of God, things like that, Um, that most diseases, I mean, we have lists of people with just every disease you can imagine, from congestive heart failure to arrhythmias to uh, MS, you know, you name it, who have done this, and brought the light into it, changed it, and the diseases disappeared.
0: Doctor Gaffney, are we looking at being able to um, really release that energy that we're feeling within, um, and and then like it's a forgiveness, it's a and just letting things go. Is that part of all of this?
2: yeah, absolutely forgiveness um is a major 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 piece of of healing period and and spiritual healing it's a major piece and i I'll, I'll tell you a story about this um one of my old friends um interestingly, was also a concentration camp survivor. I met him in Minneapolis and um at that time he was close to 80 and he developed a very strong melanoma on his uh face big melanoma that was killing him they they gave him no hope and um you know chemo radiation there was nothing to do with it so he turned to energetic work he started looking for the issues and every time he hit the issue the tumor would change shape the borders would kind of you know shift around but the tumor wouldn't go away and then one day, I don't remember how it happened, but he found that when he was in the concentration camps, that he had turned from God. He'd lost his connection to God. That he hated God because of what he saw happening in there. And he had he'd actually been brought up as a religious Jewish man. And that in that moment, he had lost the connection. And he had never brought it back. And so he found it again. He said he cried for like 48 hours, maybe you know, two or three days. He literally nonstop crying because of the loss of God for the hatred. He sought forgiveness in himself. He sought forgiveness from God, uh, forgiveness for losing his faith. <clears throat> At the end of that time, two or three days, he he went to sleep. He fell asleep. And in his sleep, he had a dream that an angel came down and reached into his face and took the melanoma out of his face oh. showed it showed it to him and and, and disappeared and he oh. woke up uh an hour or two later and he he goes into the bathroom to look you know to shave and the melanoma had completely spontaneously disappeared overnight
1: wow wow <laughs> now the, the, we're talking about diseases um, what about accidents? I mean, like if you get in a car accident and do something to your back or you know thrown off a horse and you become paralyzed is yeah. this do you attract this because of of something that happened to you before I mean
2: yeah, in the yeah, first seven the- yeah, absolutely. The, the all accidents. I mean, the work I've done with accidents. When you get to the core, there was something inside the person that predisposed them to having that accident, and it's usually an issue. And where the accident hurts them is where the issue lives inside of them. So the accident is actually expressing sort of what was happening inside of themselves that was hidden in their subconscious. Now, how you know it's it, You know it's you know only how. A car hitting somebody, paralyzing somebody, goes exactly to that spot. I mean, this is one of the, you know, the miracles of existence that it works that way. But it does work that way. And so all I know, it seems very far-fetched, but everything that happens outside of you is happening as an expression of what's inside of you. It's all expression. Life is an expression of what's inside of you.
1: So you're, you're painting your own canvas. <laughs> <That sounds
2: like>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And of course, we want to blame everybody else for it, but you know, in the end, um, you know, for example, another another case of this. One of one of my uh, friends from when I was growing up uh, became an optometrist, and uh, you know, she loved she loved the eyes, she loved to see. And then there was a divorce, and her heart got broken by a number of people, boyfriends, whatever. She stopped wanting to see. She wanted to see. She turned to drugs, she started getting into drugs. She started smoking marijuana to cover up her pain, and it worked for a while, the pain would go away and Then one night she's driving down the highway and um she was she was stoned and she she crossed over the highway and she had a head on collision into another car and the guy in the other car went through the window, and the window took out his eyes. Oh. And not only, you know, here she's an optometrist. He goes to the window and loses his eyes. He turns out to be the head of the optometry association for the state of the, where she was living. Oh. I mean, That's you hearing. see that the, I know, I'm telling you, the the, the the inner dynamics of this when you start to learn about it, will it's so unbelievable. It, it's, it's, it is it's really unbelievable. Well,
1: well I, bring I, you to I have now. a question people with cancer because i've i know a couple people with cancer that do smoke marijuana does this cut off their connection to the divine energy that could help them heal
2: well you know i think i'm not an expert on that to be honest with you um i know that the whole marijuana issue is up you know it got just got legalized in in uh, in washington state and i think that marijuana from my experience has has you know kind of a double edge to it just like alcohol, you know there are studies that show alcohol you know vasodilates the heart, people can live a little bit longer if they drink wine, the French live a little bit longer, but at the same time the the downside of it is it has a dark side, which is people drive and they get drunk, and there's all you know divorce and alcoholism and all the stuff that goes with it. I think marijuana kind of fits in that same category it It can help a little bit, but there are also some you know really other sides of it which can cause a lot of problems for people spiritually.
1: Yeah, I was going to say spiritually because it kind of deadens things where you you can't connect.
2: Yeah, you can't connect, and you're kind of it definitely definitely destroys the mind. If people smoking, you know, a lot, the mind does not function properly. So it's definitely destructive to the mind for sure as well. Uh,
0: there's a, a kind of marijuana that is called CBD, um, and it doesn't have the the
1: uh, the, yeah,
0: uh, yeah, right. It doesn't have it where you feel, you know, that you're dizzy, lightheaded, not connected. And uh, recently, there was a lady who used this. She had cancer on the face, and within uh, within the first week, she saw the scab of the cancer coming off on the face, <laughs> and literally within a short time. Within four to six weeks, it was totally gone on her face. Interesting. And um, so I, there must be some kind of what enzymes and and this kind of aspect where there's different formulations of this product. <clears throat> excuse me, that helps one heal. I and this person isn't into using drugs right. at all. Or anything, you know, so I thought that
2: was pretty amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. I mean, that's, you know, all these, you know, kind of, you know, mind-expanding drugs seem to have some healing effects. I've heard lots of stories about it, you know, and people go down to Brazil and, you know, into the jungles of Peru and things, to you know, to explore, you know, lots of cases of it. But, you know, for me personally, I think that, you know, again, I kind of go the other way, which is that, um, I think it's better to turn to our in, within ourselves, to turn to God, to get the support from God, to forgive, to heal that, and you know, and I think that's the best approach. And then if you want to add something on top of that, you know, that's that's up to you. But, you know, personally I think that um it's better not to and to stay with that you have the power within yourself to do it if you harness it. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I think at times it can help.
1: I have a, que- a personal question. Uh, um, I broke my foot last year. Mhm. And then uh, I was thinking back when I was a teenager, I had uh, hurt my foot when I was a teenager. But when I was thinking about what was happening to you in your life at that time, and uh, it was a trauma in our family my father had a girlfriend so Uh,
0: so, right
1: so um, did I re-break my did I break my foot as an adult to work this through
2: yeah I mean exactly was it your left or right foot left yeah you see and with the feet, the left side tends to be more the feminine the right side more the masculine, so it would probably you know have to do with an issue with the female that came in, which would make sense with your father being with the girlfriend um but if you, in yourself, you know where did your feet get knocked out from under you
1: how did it happen you mean?
2: Yeah, or not not really how, but more has more to do with like when your dad went with, you know, with this girl, and there was a the problem in the relationship. What happened inside of you? How did you feel? Like did you feel like you got knocked down? Like the wind went out of you somehow?
1: I felt well. See, I found out about it, and he asked me not to tell my mother. So I felt um, like I was betraying my mother.
2: Exactly, so did you tell her eventually or not?
1: No, somebody else told her,
2: okay, so, but you see that probably that place that where you felt that you would betray your mom- you know you betrayed your mom, you've protected your dad, but you felt uncomfortable about it the whole time, right
1: right, right,
2: see, that's probably what was stored inside your body. And probably when you broke your foot, something about betrayal and protection and loss was going on in your life at that time.
1: Huh. I'll have to look at that. Okay.
2: Go
0: ahead, Paula.
1: No, I just said every little thing that happens, you can really uh, <laughs> analyze it and come up with more
2: yeah I mean I mean, you can't go crazy with it you know, because it could you could spend your, you you know, never go out and gotta deal with it you know all things going on <laughs> it give gets, gets you a little crazy, but you know you you look at the big things you know a broken you know a broken foot that's um i mean one of my uh again one of my patients she's diabetic she's one of the oldest living juvenile diabetic she's fifty eight years diabetes now you they, they at her time they were, they lived about fifteen twenty years and uh she broke her foot. Uh, the other day, and um, it wasn't healing. They couldn't get it to heal because diabetic, they have microcirculation obstruction, and the oxygen won't get to the, uh, you know, to make it heal. So in any case, um, we worked, and what she found when she got inside the bone, the images came up of her brother stepping on her foot and kicking kicking her and holding her down in her, her weakness with her brother. So what we did is we went into that time, and we kind of strengthened her and got her brother off the foot and got her to be strong. Because she was in the place saying, I'll never be able to beat him up. He's a terrible boy. He's always stronger than me, and I'm hopeless, and I'm helpless, and I give up. And um, we got her through that. By the end of the session, she's like, you know what? Don't step on my foot. Don't ever do that again. I believe in who I am and just stay out, and I won't take your negativity. So she found and she stood up for herself, and within 10 days, the foot healed. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so has she been able to um, control her diabetes through this type of work?
2: Yeah, I think that's why she's still alive. She hasn't been able to get rid of it yet. She's There's still, you know, some issues. But I think, you know, I think it's been this work that's actually kept her alive.
1: How long has she been doing it?
2: We've been at it maybe, I know her about seven years now, and... You know, in that time she's had i think four bouts. i mean she's come close to death, she had some kind of lung lung problem and we had spent a year working that out and then the, you know there's just been a number of oh been a kidney fail- kidney problem kidney failure happening so we had a lot of issues we've had to kind of take on to keep her alive um you know over the seven years, but she's stable now Everything seems to be okay.
1: wouldn't it be fantastic if all the the medical Community would do this type of work. I mean, there, that would help so many people.
2: It would. I think if people, if they knew and they could just bring this into what they do, it would, it's such a, it doesn't have to take away from medicine. It can just help it to to be better.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've read in your bio that you've um, lectured in uh, universities. and ha- Do you share all of this with the um, medical community, and do they accept it?
2: Uh, <laughs> that's a funny question <laughs> I've you know, I've lectured, i lectured one, one of the first lectures I did was actually at Harvard and um, I remember um, this gal came out she had some kind of depression and I said okay well, let me show you I'll work on her and I didn't realize her psychiatrist was kind of the head of psychiatry there and he, he was in the audience so she sat down and I kind of worked with getting inside and just opening up this uh, this place that where the pain was, and she started crying and sobbing, and she broke open with it and shared her depression. And anyways, we got done with the thing, and afterwards he came up to me. He said, "You know, Doctor Jaffe. He said, I got to tell you something. He said, most of the time I hate people like you, and I want nothing <laughs> to do with them. He said, but what you did in in that one." Fifteen minutes that you were with her was establish the trust and the safety to allow her to get to her root feelings that I've never seen happen so quickly in my life. It's taken me seven to eight months to get there with her.
0: Oh, I got this all over. That yeah. is so powerful. This
2: is this is what we have to. I think all of us, you know, um, this is you know in the programs that I do. People, if you learn to get to your children's issues or your husband's issues or your issues, you will heal your family, you'll heal yourself, you'll heal your marriage. Most of these issues are are not hard to get to, but when you get to the core one, for example, one lady, she wants to divorce her husband. He's a great guy, and she actually had an affair on him. And he loves her, and she was, you know, they had kids. She wasn't sure what she wanted to do. And I said, well, let's get to the core. What's really going on in you? Why did you cheat on him? And then she finally got there, and she started screaming, he's weak. He's weak. I need a strong man. He is a weak man. And, um, you know, and he understood his own weakness, and he went in and he changed it. He healed it in himself. He became strong. Their marriage is amazing now. They're together. The family's together. They're deeply in love. They have everything they need between each other. That's the kind of thing. When we get to these to these roots and we understand them, that's how we can heal and make change in our lives. Do we Jackie. attract the
1: people? I was going to say, do we attract people in our relationships to help us heal what we need to heal?
2: Absolutely. We either try. Either we get somebody who's a mirror of our weakness, or we get a, somebody who's a mirror of the strength that we need to heal our weakness.
1: Wow. Oh. yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it, it's mind-boggling when you really understand the inner dimensions of these things. Um, it's it's not only powerful, but you also you actually take your power back because you realize that you have the power to change your life.
1: And the whole family. And the whole family,
2: yeah.
0: You have an upcoming uh, free event that people may want to hook up with. Uh, It's it's on well next Tuesday, uh, the 23rd.
2: Yeah, I have a – let me see. I've got three coming events. I have next Tuesday – just reading my notes here myself – um, at 12 o'clock Pacific, we have a free Q&A question and answer class uh, for people who might want to ask questions like you've been asking about your illnesses, your relationships, uh, you know, anything in your life that's not working. Uh, if we can get to the core of it and help you to find it and transform it, it should change it. Um, so that's uh, that will be for one hour. And then if there's anybody listening who is really sick, if you have serious physical, emotional, spiritual illness, psychological, um, and you want to really put the time into it, I have a seven-month course that will be beginning uh, in August where I've gathered 15 of the best people in the Sufi tradition in this country who are healers, uh, and we will work together with you uh, to do the healing. And we have a medical school who will actually be researching it, following it, uh, they want to do they wanna document what's happening in there um so that is a seven month course where I'll be you know guiding that, and they'll be working with me together uh if you're interested in that and again, any kind of you know if you have cancer you're very welcome or m s or you know we have people even with kind of uh hereditary diseases where they they feel they can't they may not be able to heal it um, and we also have a personal retreat happening in Sedona, Arizona, October first through fourth at the Sedona Rouge Hotel, which is an amazing uh, kind of Mediterranean hotel in the middle of Sedona and in the Red Rocks. And uh, we'll be using four days to really take a look at uh, what is the major causes of whatever is troubling you. It's sort of a four-day intensive uh, to sort of go right in. And this is where I'll be doing the work, so you'll be with a group of 10 people or 11 people. But I'll go in and we'll look and find out what it is and just go right to focus on it. So those are the upcoming courses that I have uh, available, and they're all on my website. You can go to uh, drjaffeemd.com, drjaffeemd.com, and uh, those courses are listed there.
0: Now,
1: if somebody um, has cancer, I'm thinking a particular person, who has not been exposed to work like this, would it be a good idea for him to, like, maybe call in on the question
2: Q and A I think that would be
1: perfect
2: Get a feeling of Yeah yeah let them call in be welcome anybody call in listen you know raise your hand you can you can raise your hand by a start to on the phone it shows up as a little hand on my screen you know and then we just talk about what's going on with you and and get to know you know just know each other but also to really know what's going on inside of yourself you know what what is really causing it and and if we think we can heal it
1: So the number and everything to call in on is on your website,
2: right? Yeah. If you go to the website, drjaffe.md.com, it's on there. I don't think I have the number available, but, uh, yeah, you should probably go to the website.
1: Okay. So this is just the unbelievable work that you're doing. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So how many, I mean, people work with you over the phone. I mean, are you busy with people all day long?
2: Well, you know, these days mostly I'm, I'm, you know, most of my work goes into training other healers. And, uh, you know, at the university we train people, University of Spiritual Healing and Sufism. And um, so I work with, uh, you know, maybe four or five people a day, and then the rest of the time I'm teaching. Um, And I travel a lot. And what we're trying to do is just really... You know, we want to see people, you know that experience with the melanoma, we want to see people have that return to trust and faith, because when you have it, you can't believe the, the miracles that happen. And whatever your faith is, you know, I don't really care what your faith is, it can be anything, but just to have that faith return and that trust, to know how to forgive and return, and then to really get to these root issues and to walk with them, to clear them and purify them in you. Uh, if you do that, um, you know, I just believe that, we we are at a time in human history where we need this more than ever because of just the amount of stress and the you know all the issues happening around the world uh we need to know that we have the power to change our lives that we have connection and that we have help and i think that will make a big difference for people
0: it it's perfect it <laughs> is absolutely perfect <laughs> uh, you work with herbs and essential oils as well.
2: Yeah, Sidi, the man who trained me, this Sufi master, you know, his he um he came from a mystical Sufi tradition called the Rafi out of Jerusalem. And um his grandfather was a was kind of a you know, I don't know what you want to call him, a super herbalist. And they are trained in something called the Tib system of, of herbalism. It's a kind of an unknown in the West today. Um, it's practiced in a lot of the Middle East. It's practiced very strongly in Afghanistan, places like that. Um, but Tib, it was the actual system that Avicenna was teaching. And uh, it goes back, you know, Avicenna, with a great physician, was actually a man named Ibn Sina, who was a, was a Muslim herbalist who had traveled to India and to China, I think China, and all over the known world at that time, and gathered all these different systems of herbalism and then put them together into the tib system. And so the herbal system that we're using essentially is sort of a you know kind of a pared down tib system. We're not going as in depth, you know, where you you do the level, you know, it's a major system of teaching, but it's a much more simplified version of taking these herbs from the tib system and applying them to specific illnesses. And it's been very effective. I know people who have had like kidney stones. I know one person had a kidney stone um i called the city he gave me the remedy for it and uh i took it uh with this person i gave it to the person and um he healed in i think three hours the stone passed and it was over so it's a very powerful system of working
1: So, so you're teaching people how to use this system as well
2: yeah that's the system i use when i prescribe herbs and um and then, of course, in the university, we use um, the spiritual healing as the, you know, the primary teaching of healing. Uh, we add the TIB system of herbalism to it, uh, and then we also teach people cupping, which is a form of, of actually um, opening the body with tiny little cuts to get rid of the humors, the the bad blood that are in the body. And many times when the body... It actually walls off in the body these areas which the blood has kind of become contaminated with illness. And when you open it and take it out, there's amazing deep healing that happens in people. And that's basically the system that we're using in in the university.
1: Acupuncturists use that, right?
2: Acupuncturists, exactly. They use cupping as well. Most of them are not using the cutting today. They're doing more, you know, the moxa, things like that you know, the burning, but, um, yeah, it's very similar, exactly.
1: I would think that um, all the uh, vaccinations that we've had, you know, as we were growing up could get caught up into your body. Is that true?
2: Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, this whole vaccination thing that's going on right now, uh, yeah, the vaccinations are very, very strong, and, you know, we know, my wife is <laughs> totally on this vaccination bandwagon, but um, you know that uh, there's no question that something like that would would be stored in your body.
0: What about with children that have um, the ADD and this kind of stuff? Again, it's you know has to do with the storing of toxins. But is there a way also to work with them if they're unable to really speak and? And um, do you have you worked with any younger children on on that level?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, for example, uh, one of my wife's uh, good friends had an autistic child, and he was he was ADHD and autistic, um, and you know had a number of sort of affiliated type of illnesses with it. Um, but when we were able to get You know, we worked. Kind of, he was only I think six or seven years old at the time, but we were working to get inside of his system. And um, he, he, the the bottom line for him was that his father had had actually ended up in prison when they were young, and that the break of the relationship and the father going to prison had caused um, some kind of like rift in his consciousness. When he started, we were able to start healing that break and bring the closeness back and bring the father back in and not, you know, sort of also clear some of the problems that the father had been going through, which I won't talk about on, on the radio, but had done some things that landed him in prison. Uh, his his speaking, his autism began to disappear. Uh, he began to respond more normally. The ADHD began to disappear. All these things were actually related in, in his inner being, He was dealing with the father's issues of what had sent him to prison and the relationship with the father. That was what was behind the autism.
0: So the people picking up the frequencies within the household, um, nothing has to really be said. I mean, it's just there.
2: Yeah, because children are like sponges. You know, a child doesn't... um, a child learns through absorption they don't learn through their mind they absorb they imitate so whatever and they and they're very open so a child is is 100 times more open than we are and they feel everything you know you you might be saying you know you know clean up your room i'm not angry at you but behind it you're deeply angry and behind that you're you're angry because maybe your husband's leaving you and and the child will pick up all of it. It's the child is so aware. They know all of it. They feel all of it, and it imprints inside of them. And they react to it. And they will react very strongly to whatever is going on in that household.
1: Well, what about the, uh, being in the womb before they're born? I mean, they're absorbing at that point also.
2: You mean, you, know, you mean uh, in utero type of thing. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In utero, they're they're. You know, I had one woman the other day, she she was working through some issue. I can't remember what it was, but her memory, she got back in the womb. Her mom was smoking, and she was so angry about it she was constantly kicking the mom for smoking because it was suffocating her, and she couldn't stand it, and uh, uh not for a lot. But, but she eventually, by getting through that issue of, of facing the mom, she was able to break free with it.
1: Well, I'm going to tell another story. Uh, When my sister-in-law was uh, pregnant, uh, she was beside uh, my brother-in-law when he passed away. Yeah. And when her child was born, he had this fear of his mother dying.
2: Absolutely. He didn't want her to
1: leave. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that's really sad, huh? Yeah. You're absolutely right. There are so many, you know, we're such... I don't know, we're such vulnerable people, all of us. You know, we're all we're all in a way children and deep inside ourselves. We're all so sensitive and we've all been hurt so deeply and yet we don't really have the tools to heal those things. We have to find we have to learn those tools so we can be healthy inside.
0: Oh, thank goodness you're 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 around to uh <laughs> to bridge part of that gap, I'm telling you. Okay. Oh, is there anything that we have not touched upon that you would like to touch upon? Because we're coming to the end of our show pretty quick. And um, so please.
2: Yeah. I think the only piece I, you know, I want to mention is, you know, in my system of healing uh, it's very, there's basically three components, which are very simple. Uh, The first one is, you know, you get to find the roots of the illness and, you know, like we've been talking about, like you mentioned this fear that he has of his mom leaving or the, you know or the you know that kind of thing will show up generally as disease you know in his 40s or 50s if he doesn't take care of it so and, and it will affect his relationships with women because every woman he goes into a relationship with he's going to believe that she's going to leave you see so those type of things yeah, need to be yeah. addressed ahead of time otherwise it's going to damage his ability to have relationships with women
0: If someone, has, if someone has Parkinson's, what are we looking at that, in that format?
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah, the Parkinson's um, has to do with very deep levels of control, that uh, the the people deep inside are frightened somewhere, and they've responded to the fear by con- trying to control their environment very strongly. And the whole rigidity and the cogwheel, all that stuff is, is an expression deep inside their being that's how they're holding on. They are trying to control everything because they're frightened. You they have to break the control pattern and the fear.
1: Wow. Do you, do you advocate, I'm going to change the subject a little bit, but do you ad, advocate people being on um, plant-based diets?
2: Um, you know, I, like, I personally like, you know, vegetarian diets, and uh, I'm not, you know, I think meat is okay. I don't think there's any problem with meat if it's, you know, really organic good. I think if it's, you know, unfortunately there's spiritual aspects of eating meat, which is if it's not killed in the right way, uh, the animal nature comes into people and they become more violent and more aggressive. But on the other hand, if they're killed, the animals are killed in the right way, that is not does not happen, so there are ways around that. But um, you know, my personal preference is probably more towards uh, f- fish and vegetables, with very little meat. But it's, it's it can be any direction, really.
1: So I was I was kind of you know leaning towards the spiritual part, but
2: um... oh, the spiritual part. Well, you know, the spiritual part is you know if you vegetarianism will certainly help you a lot spiritually. There's no question about it. But if you eat, you know, you know the right kinds of meat, such as you know, in the Jewish system, kosher, the the Arabs, uh, the Islamic system, halal food. Those foods have been; those animals are killed in a different way, and spiritually, it doesn't hurt the people.
1: Very good. But yeah. do you have a last message for our listeners?
2: Uh, just to know that you know, we all need hope. You know, at this time, and it's a very strong time, I know everybody I know is going through very, very difficult inner turmoils, and um, it's very important to have that inner connection uh, to God, uh, to know how to maintain it, and then to know that whatever comes at you, you can walk through it. Don't be afraid of anything. I don't care if it's stage 4 cancer or or you're dying of heart disease or whether or not it's a divorce or whatever it is. If you have that connection, you get to the root inside of yourself and you transform it, you will be okay. You can make it through it. And I know you can do it. Very Thank good. you
0: for showing a different kind of journey for us today.
2: <laughs> it's
0: <laughs> very beautiful.
2: Very welcome. What a pleasure. Really. We're,
0: so, we're so honored
1: to have you with us today. And so. yeah. We will be sending people your way for sure.
2: Alright, well I was it was delightful to talk with you and I, I hope uh you know, I hope that your show reaches many people and brings the truth to them.
0: Yes. It will. Thank, Thank you. you. Many so blessings
2: much. to you. Okay, blessings to you too. Bye.
0: Thank you. Bye bye.